My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey everyone, we're back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today. The guest I'm bringing on, Dante Batista, host of the Pursuit of Self-Actualization, leadership coach, helping senior HR leaders, building award-winning company cultures to maximize employee engagement and productivity, delivering up to 10 million in net profit increases by leveraging psychology research. Thank you so much, Dante, for making the time to jump on today. It's an absolute pleasure having you here. How's it going? It is going very well. Thank the you last for the opportunity. No, yes. no worries. Uh, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So today is going to be great. I'm super excited for our interview. You've done so many things um, that I really would love to share with the people listening uh, before we really jump into any questions. Do you mind going ahead and telling us a bit of your background and you know what you've done and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I come from a psychology background. I graduated college with a bachelor's in psychology. I then went on to get my master's of science and organizational leadership from Johns Hopkins. I've done research on psychology and inner interconnections and intersections between behavior and leadership development, uh, even down to a neuroscientific level. I love neuroscience. I'm passionate about brain science. I believe that we truly don't understand how powerful the human brain is. And because of that, there's a bunch of untapped potential in uh, the human in our human population. And I think leaders have a unique responsibility to understand humans and our capacity and, and maximize how we do that. So right. I went down this journey um, from studying psychology, studying leadership, to becoming a leadership coach and consultant. But naturally, coming right out of college, no one's going to listen to a 23-year-old tell them how to lead their organization. So I had to prove it. So I started right. in the learning and development space. I actually first started as a teacher. So I was in education. I did Teach for America, which is a two-year program where I taught in Title I schools uh, in low-income communities where it's difficult to recruit teachers. I produced uh, 10% of my students ended up in the top 1% of growth across the district because I was able to leverage my psychology background and my understanding of learning and development and how the brain actually works, even in uh, the in a population that is typically uh, more challenging to, to teach, particularly in special education. So I showed quickly and early that my methodology, my understanding of psychology can generate results. So then I was able to transition from the space of education into learning and development in businesses, which typically falls under HR. Right. So I became a learning and development professional. I worked a lot on software training, which wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it was my only way to get into like the corporate world with my skill set. And quickly, my supervisors realized that I could do a lot more than software training. And wow. I had a unique opportunity to become the director of training for companies. I was a director at the age of 26. And the company I was working at, they originally were really investing in training for software. 
But the next year, a new CEO comes in, uh, a couple new board members are added, and they do a new strategic plan and decide that leadership development is something they want to prioritize. And all of a sudden, I'm in the perfect place at the perfect time. And they're like, well, you're our director of training. Do you want to help support this? I was like, of course. I had a supervisor who was responsible. She was a senior director of talent and organizational development. She was responsible for putting together this, this leadership development plan. And then I supported her in that effort. And so I started doing leadership development training for the CEO, for VPs of the company. Um, and one of the things that I worked on was leveraging psychology to develop more of a coaching and employee development method. And within two years, we became a, an award-winning organization. And since then, I've been able to replicate those results. So now what I do is instead of working with one company, I'm blessed with the opportunity to work with companies around the world uh, and leaders from Fortune 500 companies to nonprofits to uh, government organizations, uh, just to educate them on how the human brain works, why it's important for a leader to understand it and how they can leverage their understanding of psychology to maximize productivity and engagement among people. And the, the $10 million pro, uh, net profit is not just an estimate or number that I came up with. Uh, those are real results that we've been able to deliver without adding headcount, without investing money in software. Uh, a lot of companies think of um, force multipliers in the form of technology and if, uh, anything that uh, can multiply efficiency. But I truly believe relationships and human beings are the strongest force multiplier in business. And I have the results to prove it. Right. Incredible. Wow. What a journey. And like, I know we touched on, you know, as you were young, you had to prove yourself and stuff like that. What would you uh, recommend or advise anyone who's kind of in the same position? You know, how so, do you build that authority best? Um, yeah. To yeah. prove yourself. I, one of the challenges that I had was I used to try and force my way into rooms that I wasn't welcome in. And mm-hmm. what I realized is I shouldn't focus on the one room. I should realize there's millions of rooms everywhere and focus on getting in the rooms that you're welcome in and maximizing the results you deliver. So one of the things that I did not mention in my story, um, because you know there's so much story, it's, it's hard to tell all of it. When I was in right. college, I was in a fraternity and that sounds corny and goofy and irrelevant, but it is. No. So I was in a fraternity in college and we were on the brink of being shut down. Uh, we went from one of the largest uh, organizations on campus to being suspended multiple times to being on the brink of closing. And I decided that I wanted to turn our new member education process into like a, a transformational leadership development experience. And so wow. I went and I sought out leaders. And one of the things you said about like young people reaching, uh, like how do they get in these rooms? Finding right. people who are willing to mentor you. I was lucky to find a mentor who was the director of a leadership institute on our college campus, actually. And so when I was 18 years old, 19 years old, I was sitting in leadership development workshops for executives at companies like Sony. And I'm just sitting there next to these high-powered people because I asked one person, hey, can I be a fly on the wall? And they said, sure, why not? Just please don't interrupt the session. Just understand right. that you're here to listen and learn. Um, but yeah, you're welcome. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm with like high-powered executives from international companies just because I asked and I was humble enough to say, I want to learn. I know you can teach me. A lot of people, if you inflate their ego enough, will reward you with opportunities to learn from them. And again, just be a fly on the wall. So uh, to then use those experiences to build authority. And that's exactly what I did. I 
okay. create a leadership development experience. And then uh, our organization went from on being on the brink of closing to two years later, this two year mark is, is uh, seems to be a common theme, but two years later being a national award-winning organization. So I did it in college. I produced those results as an educator in the school system. And then I left and I did it in the corporate world. So I've continued over and over again to just meet as many people as possible, seek mentorship, learn from as many sources as possible, and then leverage whatever rooms I'm welcome in and what I learn to help build and help everyone I can possible. And that will eventually open more and more doors. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that valuable insight, because I know people listening, you know, there's going to be people listening that are in this, either have in the same position or are in the same position as you were at, at one time. So this kind of information is so valuable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if I were to go back and tell my younger self anything, give myself any piece of advice, it is one, to be more patient. And two, like I said before, don't try to force your way into rooms you're not welcome in. If people don't see your value, that's fine. That's not necessarily a flaw on their part. It might be a flaw in the way you're communicating it. Um, just find a room that you're welcome in, Be even if it just means being a fly on the wall at first, and then spend more time focusing on the rooms you're welcome in than the ones you're not. And eventually you'll develop the authority. So I'm only 28 years old right now. I'm not I'm not very old. I still have a lot of learning and growing to do, but because I focused on the rooms I was welcome in, made sure I delivered the highest amount of value and the best results possible. Once I showed and revealed what I'm capable of in each situation I was put in, other doors naturally opened themselves up to me. So if I may, I'll give you one more example. I recently reached out to, this was about a year, year ago. I reached out to the vice president of leadership programs at the local chamber of commerce where I live. And I was doing it because I was prospecting and I wanted, I wanted to be involved in the leadership development experiences that the uh, Chamber of Commerce hosts within my community. When I met with them, I was very humble because that's my personality and I, I believe it's, uh, it's important to be. But I was so humble to the point where he thought, oh, you know what? You should just go through our programs. You should. He didn't see me as an educator or a teacher or a value add to the program. He saw me as a potential student. And I was like, okay, instead of me getting mad or offended or thinking anything of it, I said, okay, clearly I'm not presenting myself as a subject matter expert that I am. And instead of trying to force my way to that room, I said, I'm going to take a year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the course because I don't have time to do that. I have global clients. I'm doing this on a, on a big scale. And if someone within a County doesn't see the value I can bring to the County then clearly I didn't articulate my value enough. So I stepped away. And then with, over the past year, I've built my clientele, I've built my business. And also I've been identified as a subject matter expert on leadership development. I'm working with MIT Sloan School of Management on their executive education program. So now a year later, I've built a bigger resume. I've built more, I've built a, a stronger business case as to why I'm an educator, not a student in your program. And then I'm able to go back to him and say, look, if I'm good enough for MIT Sloan School of uh, executive education, then I think I'm good enough for your your county chamber of commerce programs. Uh, so at the end of the day, don't force your way into the room. Understand how people respond to you. Understand that maybe you didn't articulate your value enough. Go back to the drawing board. Find a way to do it better. Find a way to add more experience and knowledge uh, to your toolbox so that when you come back and you prospect that person again, they don't just open the door for you, but they give you the keys to the castle. 
Incredible. I love every piece of that that you shared. Um, and thank you for sharing it because it's just so helpful. You know, a lot of people are, you know, forcing their way into rooms and, you know, just the way you put it, like be that fly on the wall and, you know, you're going to find it, like find that mentor. You're going to, it'll come with opportunities and stuff like that. So really, really key and very important. So thank you. Now, yeah. So how do you, can we talk a little bit about your services a little bit deeper and how you deliver them? I know we've already touched on some of it, but if you don't mind diving in a little deeper, I kind of just am curious on a, a little bit more. Sure. So I offer a variety of packages depending on the needs of the organization or individual. So I offer leadership coaching. It'll be one-on-one. This could be a company hires a new CEO and the CEO is entering a a volatile work environment. Let's say the last CEO was fired because they embezzled money and they lost a lot of trust in the organization. You know, it can be anything crazy like that, um, where now there's this kind of... um, there's a lack of trust in the company and the CEO is kind of stepping into a really challenging situation and they want someone to help coach them through how you work. Now, obviously they're a CEO, they have a tremendous skill set, they have a lot of knowledge, they have a lot of experience, but they want maybe a third party person outside the organization that they could bounce ideas off of, ask questions, be vulnerable and say, hey, look, I don't know what I'm doing in this particular area as it relates to this group I'm having problems with. So I can, I'm that additional support because as a CEO or a VP, you don't want to show that you don't know what you're doing because that will only further prove that you're not worthy of trust. Now there's a certain level of vulnerability you need to have. And so I help them find that balance between how vulnerable are you while also being confident enough to show that you can, you can handle the situation as a leader. So there's the coaching, the one-on-one coaching and support. Then there's the consulting side of things where I might do it for a large group. Instead of consulting or excuse me, instead of coaching one-on-one, a company may realize, okay, we have an aging group of leadership. Our senior, our senior level leaders are mostly going to retire in the next five years. And we're really going to have a huge amount of turnover at the highest level of the organization. We need to invest in leadership development. So they'll have me come in and do leadership training or one of the packages that I really enjoy that I think do I do differently than uh, some of my my competitors. Instead of coming in and doing all of the training myself, I actually offer to develop a curriculum, customize a curriculum, train your people on how to be leadership trainers, and then I can leave, and then you can run the program completely yourself. And the benefit of that is now we've created opportunities for leaders to be future leader leadership trainers. And it creates this uh, sustainable environment in which leadership development becomes a part of the culture. If you want to become a VP at this company, you need to be able to develop other leaders. And so now all of a sudden you create this perpetual pipeline that is always filling itself. And leadership development doesn't just become an aspect of the company, but a fundamental piece of the culture. Incredible. I really like the fact that, you know, you have the option of customizing the curriculum and, you know, having the leaders take over from there helpful. Um, so tell me, you know, how do you go ahead and acquire, uh, your clients? So a lot of it's referral based. Once you land one client and you provide a tremendous amount of value, they tell people. And so it's referral based. I've also have a few strategic partnerships. One of the things that I've done that I think 
I don't know, I haven't seen many other leadership coaches or consultants do is I actually work with executive recruiters. So there are these outsourced executive recruiting companies and they help other companies find their future VP or CEO. And so I tell them, hey, look, your job is to find a VP or CEO. The brand, the success of your brand depends on the success of that VP or CEO. Why don't you offer and package coaching? And so then when another company, when a company is saying, oh, we have to pick between two recruiting agencies, which one are we going to pick? Are we going to pick the one that's going to find us a person? Or are we going to pick us the one that's going to find us a person and offer additional coaching and support for that person to ensure that person succeeds? And which company is going to have the best success rate in the terms of the people they recruit and send to these companies? The company that actually provides additional support and I get to execute some of that support through coaching and consulting. So a lot of strategic partnerships, find people. So I know not everyone listening to this is going to be a leadership coach. They're going to do a variety of other things, but find other groups that are equally invested in the success of your clients and partner with them and find a different way to add value. And again, partner with them because your success is mutual. Because now if I partner with this executive search firm and every person they land or put into a position thrives because of my coaching, now more companies are going to go to that executive search firm and say, hey, how do you have such a high success rate? Oh, well, we have we offer additional support resources in the form of executive coaching. And we have this, this genius named Dante. I'm just joking. We have this guy named Dante <laughs> who comes in and offers that support. Um, and I know one other play, direction you want to go in is the podcast. So I also have the podcast, The Pursuit of Self-Actualization. You notice it's not about leadership. It's not about executive search. It's not about any of that. The reason I chose that, one, it's very personal to me. So I share my story. And that is a platform for me as a public speaker. So a lot of people hear my podcast and say, I know a thousand people who need to hear this message can you come speak to our group? So then it helps me as a public speaker, but also the people who move up into CEO VP level positions are truly invested in personal development. So I create content around personal development because then I attract the kind of people who in the long term are interested in becoming leaders or making a difference in the world. And so they might in the beginning listen to my podcast, which is free. And then eventually they're implementing some of the strategies that I talk about things that help me get to where I am. And suddenly they're up for a VP position and they're like, oh, I'm here, but I don't know what to do. Who do I go to? Oh, the person who helped get me here. And that's Dante. So the podcast becomes a pipeline, a long-term pipeline. Referral-based is a big thing for me. And then also identifying, like I said, strategic partners who are equally invested in my client's success uh, in a different capacity. Absolutely. Now, um, it's nice to have, you know, those people who are aligned with your visions as well, right? So it makes it, it makes it, I, I'm sure it makes the business thrive, right? So that's incredible. With the podcast, and we touched on how it kind of affects your business and stuff like that, which um, that's awesome. But what would you say some of the challenge, the biggest challenges are with the podcast and how it affects your business? We That can be, it is you know, no- go ahead. It is not one of those things that brings an immediate high ROI for a lot of people who want to build a podcast. 
they're thinking, oh, like they see people with success like Joe Rogan getting a hundred million dollar deal on Spotify and things like that. Like it when you first start it up, it's not gonna bring a huge amount of value to you. It's a lot of energy and effort, but you have to trust the process. And so the some of the struggles with the podcast, it's really easy to put it on the back burner. And it is a long-term marketing strategy. It is not one of those things where you put out one episode and you get a thousand inquiries into your services. That's not how it goes. Um, no. But to go into some of the benefits of it, again, we've talked about getting into rooms that you, you know, stop trying to force yourself into rooms you're not welcome in and focus on the rooms you are. The podcast has opened doors for me. I've been able to interview people I would never originally have access to because if I, if I reached out to them on LinkedIn or emailed them or whatever, and I said, Hey, can I have an hour of your time to ask you questions that only benefit me? They're going to be like, yeah, no, I'm too busy for that. But if you say, Hey, I have an audience of a million people and I can help you get your message out and I can help you establish your authority. Now, suddenly I'm getting the same information. I'm doing the same thing. I'm asking them questions. I get an hour of their time. And I'm getting value out of them, but I'm not doing it for my own benefit because that's initially what throws them off. I'm doing it and saying, one, it's beneficial to your brand. Two, it helps you establish your authority. Three, it gets you in the front of an audience. And yeah, sure, I'm going to learn through the process as well. So it creates a mutually beneficial environment to absorb the same amount of value. Again, you're doing the same thing, but you're just articulating it in a different way, all because you broadcast it in a very crafted way that benefits an, uh, an audience that they also are interested in tapping into. Right. It's adding value. Now, uh, what would you say is it, uh, what would be one of the challenges or new challenge, or what would you have to change in order to say, you know, increase the revenue coming in from the podcast? Uh, say you wanted to double it this year. What, what are some yeah. things that would have to change? So I think for me, if I wanted to really dive deeper into the podcast and turn it into a, a larger revenue stream quickly, for right now, I only, po- I only post audio. Um, I would definitely translate it into videos. I would also okay. turn it into articles. And at the end of an article, have a link to schedule calls with you and things like that and turn it into book, more of a sales funnel. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't currently do that. And that's definitely a long-term, a long-term strategy for me. Um, the other thing I would do is for right now, I'm currently doing uh, once a week, hour long episodes. I, if I'm that kind of person that wants to generate more revenue, uh, if you're making money off ads, you can make episodes 20 minutes instead of an hour, make each interview kind of three separate episodes, make it a three-part series, put an ad in front of each one. And now I tripled my revenue from ads. Um, so that's another thing. And then right. for me, because I chose the podcast as a long-term marketing strategy and more about building authority in my personal brand, less than it being a sales funnel, because my business is fine without it. Right. If I were, if I were someone who's just starting out and really want to use it directly as a sales funnel, I would make it more directly related to my value add. And pretty much every podcast episode is a cleverly articulated commercial. And uh, I would I would talk more about so if I I could start another podcast right now about, um, you know, the psychology of leadership and talk, tell stories for days about every single client, not every single client, because there's NDAs and such, but talk about clients I've had success, I've had and all that kind of stuff and things I did and give them little samples and then use that as a sales funnel. I could do that. 
Uh, that's not currently um, my approach, but if I wanted to make more revenue, that's what I would do. Amazing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that idea. And like you said, like starting off with podcasts, like so many of us do put it on the back burner and aren't consistent. And I get that. And, um, you know, building that authority is so important as well. Right. And, and using it as a valuable um, way to share information and really um, share, make connections really. So and what would you say about the connections? I know that you said you have some great people who came on as guests and stuff. Uh, how do you love the connections with having a podcast? It's it's life-changing. It truly right. is life-changing, the people you can connect with. And so because I have a podcast, I just connect with a bunch of people on LinkedIn. And my favorite podcast question that I ask every guest uh, towards the end of the podcast, um, I always say that when you come into a conversation, you're never alone. It's always the people who've influenced you, inspired you, the, the people who have poured into you throughout your life. They're the ones who shared their wisdom that you have You have the blessing and opportunity to now share with others. So when people come on my podcast, I always ask them, before you go, can you give a little shout out to the people who inspired you and taught you the things that you were able to share on this podcast? And then they'll usually, they're always, oh yeah, my mentor, this person, this person, this person. And then I'm saying, and then later on, I follow up, hey, you mentioned this person. Can you make the introduction? And so then they introduced me to their mentor. And now someone I looked up to, how I never even had the right to meet this person. Not only did I meet them, I met their mentor. I just moved up like six places on the ladder, this ladder of life that we're trying to climb and we're trying to meet these people. Researchers that I learned about when I was a psychology student, about an undergrad psychology student, those researchers are now people that are in my contact list. The CEOs of some of the biggest companies, people you read articles about, they're in my contact list. Not because I'm so special, because I was willing to spend the time and try to get to know them and learn from them and also acknowledge that every person that you know learned from someone else. And I asked them for the opportunity to you know, introduce us to that person that taught them so much. And it's all about phrasing, framing these asks. So typically, we're, so, we're afraid to ask for things. Instead of framing it as an ask, frame it as a compliment. Because then you're do, you're, we're talking about this whole, you know, if you inflate people's egos enough, they're more than happy to help you. So instead of saying, hey, can you talk to me for an hour and help me inflate their ego and say, I have a show with, a, with an audience that would benefit from you. And then instead of saying, hey, can you, can you introduce me to someone? Because the network is asking for a, a resource. Social capital is just like asking. Instead of asking for $5 out of someone's pocket, you're asking for social capital. You're asking for them to put their name on the line, introduce someone that they care about to you. And if you right. misrepresent them, then you just diminish their social capital. So realize that when you ask for an introduction, you're asking for something of value and make sure that you frame it as, hey, I'm not asking for an introduction to, to create value to me. I'm asking for an introduction so that you can let this person know how much they mean to you and how much you inspire, how much they inspire you. And now suddenly making the introduction is just a way to increase their social capital and add a deposit to their social capital with that individual rather than a withdrawal. This is all incredible. What a great question. And you know what? I want to know who's your inspirational mentor? Who's Who's someone that you can mention on here that is really added uh, like value to you? And, and who would you like to mention? I'm curious. Oh, uh, yeah. So there's, uh, I have a long list. So 
first person I talked about when I was a student at Widener, my first real like leadership development mentor, his name was Dr. Arthur Schwartz. He is now the president of a nonprofit called character.org. I would really appreciate if everyone who listens to this looks into character.org and the work they do, because it's really valuable in schools and in the world. Uh, so Dr. Arthur Schwartz is the first person who I always shout out as a mentor and someone who changed my life. Someone who I currently work with, who I see as a mentor is Dr. Troy Hall. He is uh, he's a published author and an expert on talent retention. So I mentioned before that I work with HR professionals uh, typically because they focus on retention, engagement, and those kinds of things, those indicators and in the success of a business. Um, Dr. Troy Hall is on a next level. I'm in leadership development. He's in talent retention, and, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of dependencies between the two and a lot of correlation between the two. Uh, but I, when I started my coaching business, he does it better than me. And I acknowledge that all the time. And I ask him for advice. Hey, this is how my coaching is structured. How can I do better? And he gives me a million bits of information, uh, more than I can ever process in a conversation. So Dr. Troy Hall gets a huge shout out. Um, I'm going to just keep listing out names for fun. Another person is a public speaker. His name is Chris Singleton. Chris Singleton is a uh, has an incredibly powerful story, and I, I don't even want to tell it because I wouldn't do it justice. Look into Chris Singleton, um, and if anyone's interested in becoming a public speaker, he offers coaching courses, uh, and they're extremely valuable. Um, and then I'm going to mention a peer. He's not he's not necessarily a mentor. We take turns, right? He mentors me sometimes. I mentor him sometimes. But I would consider him a peer uh, and someone I, I look up to as well as uh, try and help out as much as I can. His name is Ryan Cass. Uh, C-A-S-S. He has a coaching business as well, but his coaching is a little different than mine. And that's completely fine. If, so, if someone comes to me and they're like, I want coaching, but this is what I'm looking for. If I feel like it's not in alignment with the coaching I offer, I'll introduce you to another coach. I'd rather you get what you need. Uh, and then going back to that social capital, right? I helped two people at the same time. I helped the person looking for a coach and I helped my friend who's also a coach. Um, so definitely look into Ryan Cass, Chris Singleton, Dr. Troy Hall, and Dr. Arthur Schwartz. These are all incredible. I, I wrote the names down. I'm really um, excited to go ahead and, you know, take a look at them a little bit further and very exciting. So thank you so much, Dante, um, for being able to make the time to come on today. I know you're probably crazy busy, busy with everything. Um, so I really appreciate you, you know, coming on and sharing all this valuable knowledge with everyone listening. Um, because I, I, I really like where your vision is and, and everything that you're doing. So I just want to thank you again. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. And, you know, before we jump off, if anyone's looking to connect with you or your services, what would be the best uh, way to go about, you know, reaching out to you and getting connected? Yeah. So you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. That's where I'm, I'm most active in terms of posting. So you can find me. My name is Dante DiBattista. Hopefully on the show, it's spelled out. Um, I assume they'll be able to see the spelling somewhere. And then yeah. uh, my my website is DanteDiBattista.com. I'm working on updating it right now. So if it's not as pretty as you might expect, don't worry. It's definitely getting a facelift. And I'm really excited about some new things that I'm adding to it and new things I'm doing with it. I definitely would appreciate anyone tuning into the Pursuit of Self-Actualization podcast. If you enjoy this content, you'll enjoy my interviews. You'll enjoy uh, the content I share on there. Uh, but I would say, you know, I'm, also, I'm all over social media, but LinkedIn is where I engage the most. So definitely find me on LinkedIn. Look into my website and look into my podcast. Those are kind of the three areas you can find the most of me. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Dante. Absolute pleasure having you on today. And I can't wait to hopefully get you on in the future as well and uh, kind of see what's going on at that point in time. Yeah, I would love to do a do a check in and tell you how much the business has grown. And I'm sure the new podcast that we touched talked about uh, will be out by then and uh, things will be a lot different, but I'm I'm excited. I'm super pumped for you. I'm looking forward to getting you back on once you have that new podcast and like, just like you said, see how everything's growing and, and, uh, you know, all the new ideas. So I'm pumped for you. Super exciting. And uh, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, not a problem. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you'd like to come on, just like Dante did today for an interview, please go to top100interview.com and fill out the application. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks again, everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.